Okay, um, right, let's talk about this Detroit Lions team who I've really enjoyed watching um, in terms of their offense column over the last few weeks. They, they look reignited. Uh, Alvin Rassin Brown looks like an absolute star, but I'm not going to ask you about that. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk to you about the Washington Commanders. Carson Wentz yesterday only had one registered interception. But some of the some of the quarterback play that I seen yesterday was upwards of some of the worst that I have ever seen in the league. What in the hell was Ron Rivera thinking bringing him in? And the funny thing is, he probably could have done a better job than Matt Ryan did in Indianapolis yesterday. Is is, is hold on? Are the Colts a talking point in the show tonight? Yeah, I think so. No. Let, oh yeah, they are happy. That's fine, because I can't wait to talk about that. What's going on, man, with Washington and Carson Wentz? He's got offensive weapons in terms of the rush and the pass, but he can't throw the ball straight. I mean, we, we've, we've got a serious issue here because he fought at one point last night. He could fire the ball down the field. To, I think it was Dotson who was open. And it didn't go anywhere near him. And it, it, the play itself was disgraceful. And then he threw the ball. I think it hit off a guy's back as well. It was a five-year-old playing Madden at one point as Mark leaves us on the video segment of this broadcast. Um, and we get, but this is this is Carson Wentz. We talked about it when the trade happened. It seemed like they panicked a, a little bit in terms of Rogers signed the the deal. Wilson went to the Broncos, and they they had to to do something. So they kind of went and and got Wentz. The thing with Wentz is, he he can make great throws. There's there's no in the middle, right? Carson Wentz is never somebody who's going to move you methodically down the, the field. He's either going to throw these incredible bombs or he's uh, or through tight windows or he's going to do what he did, Michael. Yeah, close your eyes and heave the ball downfield, something akin to what you imagine Uncle Rico would be like if he actually had to, to play a game. There, there's no... There's no fixing that, okay? Carson Wentz has gone through an, a number of different teams. He's had guys who've believed in him. Uh, people may or may not have seen the interview that he did uh, back in August where the interviewer got pulled up for it. And it seemed a little unfair to me because he, he was uh, respectful enough, but he, he kind of said, you know, what's, what's going to be different here uh, with the commanders? We, we've seen what you did with the the Eagles. We've seen what you did with the Colts. Why is it going to be different? And um, Wentz didn't really have an answer to it. Uh, they will win so, some games because of the, the talent that they have. But Carson Wentz is going to cost them uh, other games. And the, for me... Uh, you know, I'll let uh, Brian and Mark talk about the, the Lions. I just want to say, not only are they winning, they're entertaining. Um, I, I don't think we really need to get into Carson Wentz because he's so inconsistent. Like, Colm's nailed there. He's either, he's either really good or really bad. There doesn't seem to be much of an in-between. Six punts in the first half and a safety. That was the entirety of their, of their first half. They couldn't move the ball. What's more disappointing for me, and it was the same last week, and they got away with it last week because the Jags ended up taking field goals as opposed to touchdowns, and they went for some fourth downs and they didn't make it. Their defense, when we did our, I know we're going back a long time now. Last season, we all picked Washington to win the division and we were raving about that defense and how strong they were going to be. They were 32nd against the run last year and they haven't sorted that out because Swift and Williams ran all over them yesterday and Swift had these big plays for 30, 40 yards and he, he came out of the game. Williams came in, the former Packer, and he ran all over them and they just couldn't stop it throughout the course of the game. The Lions eased off and let them come back a bit and the minute they came back a bit, 
Goff just got it going again. 20 for 24, 256 yards, four touchdowns. Jared Goff going up against two defenses over the past week, which I, again, I've questioned that Eagles defense. I'm not, I'm not sure how, how really good that defense is. And the Washington defense doesn't seem to be any better. And they don't make change. Del Rio was brought back this year. And there was questions whether he'd be brought back. They're running it back with him as defensive coordinator. If there wasn't the off the field side going on with the heck, with the with the owner, he'd be firing people by now. But he obviously can't do that because there's so much heat on him because he's been prone to get rid of people. I read something today. He got rid of Marty Schottenheimer when they when they had an eight and eight season, and it looked like they were going in the right direction. And he just can't. He he. I imagine he wants to make change, but he can't. And I'm not sure where this team is going. But it certainly isn't all on Wentz. Let's be fair, the defence was a shambles yesterday. Yeah, I mean, Goff deserves a bit of a call-out. Like, I mean, Brian just called out stats before touchdowns. We, we've been very critical of Jared Goff. I've kind of questioned what the Lions are thinking. You know, continue with him as a bridge quarterback. They're surely going to pick a quarterback high in the draft in next year's draft. But for one day at least... He came back and reminded everyone of the talent that he does have. I mean, it was a real, like, I don't know, was John Travolta going to walk in the room? It was comeback day, wasn't it? Flacco coming back and Tua coming back and Goff coming back from all the criticism they've had in the past. So um, that was a big part of the storyline. St. Brown is a superstar, uh, you know, quietly finished the season, if you like, if you can finish it quietly with, you know, 10 catches roughly on average per game for the last eight games, a couple of touchdowns, nice yardage. And he started this year like an absolute rocket ship. So um, he is one of the more exciting players. But as Brian said, I mean, they were, or sorry, Colin said, they were entertaining. Like it was an entertaining. Usually I love the Lions for red zone. There's going to be some failed comeback towards the end or they're going to blow a lead in the last few minutes. They're the, they're the epitome of the 6 p.m. red zone team. Um, always a bit of fun in the witching hour, kind of trying to make the improbable happen. But they dominated this game. It, it kind of, I felt strong about this beforehand that the Lions would win this game as well. And they proved it. They won a winnable game. I mean, what is it? When we combine all these results together, I kind of think of the old great Vin Scully line. Uh, the late Vin Scully said, in the year of the improbable, the impossible just happened. Um, you know, all of these quarterbacks playing well, some of the comebacks we've seen, pretty much it was the impossible week two in the NFL. Thanks to everybody for their comments. We will read them out at the end of the show. Really appreciate it. Do fire in loads. We'll read them all out at the end until we're here. If we're here to Monday Night Football, we will do it. Um, the Lions scored 35 points in week one, 36 points in week two. The big takeaway from week one was DeAndre Smith having like over 120 yards rushing. That didn't happen yesterday, and that's probably the only negative they had. But at the same time, Sim Brown had 68 yards rushing on the day. So they need to try and maybe find to get the ball to Josh Reynolds a bit more. He only had 38 yards with a touchdown. Uh, and DeAndre Smith as well on the receiving. But Jared Goff had four touchdowns on Sunday and had over 250 yards passing and quite decent completion average and the the confidence that dan campbell has in this team and the way that they're playing it's fun it's it's good to watch and frankly i can't wait to see how minnesota do tonight because detroit could be a really interesting team to watch this season um i'm just going to jump straight on to san francisco and talk about trey lance trey lance um huge story on sunday and massive story i i I think this is huge and i know there's a lot of niner fans in ireland in the uk and europe that will listen to the show or or watch this broadcast and um i feel awful for trey lance trey lance breaks his ankle but the thing for me column is the uh is the way that jimmy garoppolo 
uh, went in yesterday and just done his job. And this 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 is a man that was uh, training by himself. He wasn't deemed fit to train as a backup because he was going to be traded. Nobody went in for him. Jerry Jones didn't go in for him. And now he's QB1 with his third chance, fourth chance of taking this team to a Super Bowl. He didn't win against Kansas City. He couldn't get past the NFC Championship game. But the 49ers, ironically, are in a better position now than they were at quarterback in the short term. They're in a better position now than they were at half eight yesterday even because they have a quarterback that they can rely on and they can actually open up the plays more because it was way too limited on the trail lines. Well, they have a quarterback they, they know. Um, they have more certainty there. Michael, Trey Lance, like, has he's played no football. This is the this is the thing. There's there's nothing to say about this. They kept Jimmy G. Jimmy G comes in. We know what Jimmy G is. Are they capable of going to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Are they capable of winning a Super Bowl? Possibly if everything goes right. Will Jimmy G be the reason they win a Super Bowl? No. Why did they bring Trey Lance in or any quarterback? Because they didn't feel Jimmy could do it. To me, we, we know what the Fortniners are. They're a, they're a fantastic team. We talked about it in the season preview. They have incredible talent. Some of their best players are the most elite guys in, in the league. I don't think there's a whole lot to, to discuss on the Fortniners. They beat up on a really, really bad Seahawks team. Seahawks won their Super Bowl um, on the opening week of the season. Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos should look at that yesterday and be absolutely embarrassed. The Seahawks didn't score an offensive point. They scored off a kick off a kick six. They The 49ers beat them up in every which way. They couldn't pass the ball. They couldn't run the ball. Um, the Seahawks are in for a long, long season. The, the 49ers have two outstanding QBs on their roster. The Seahawks don't have a single solitary uh, QB. And the Broncos in the first half last week made um, Geno Smith look like vintage Joe Montana. The 49ers defense showed the Seahawks up yesterday. Uh, Richard Sherman was chirping an awful lot in that first half. Um, even during yesterday's game um, about Russell Wilson, he stopped um, tweeting at all about it, uh, funnily enough, in the, the second half. I think it's going to be a long season for the Seahawks. I expect the 49ers to have a very good season. I expect probably double-digit wins, and um, they'll go to the playoffs. But ultimately, I think Jimmy G will hold this team back. Brian, the Seahawks had uh, their leading rusher was Rashad Penny, who had 15 yards rushing on Sunday. Um, do you place any blame on Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch in terms of the whole way they've handled the trail on situation at all? Uh, do you care enough? Because it's clear that the way that he was playing in the first two weeks, albeit you can't really count the first week of the Weber situation, but even in the preseason and in terms of what we've seen last season, it was very structured and quite sort of, it wasn't as open as what they have now. And Colin's right, they probably will get over 10 wins. Well, this is the problem when you try to turn a quarterback into a running quarterback as well. When I want to say turn him into a running quarterback, he's got the attributes to be a running quarterback, the likes of Lamar and Josh Allen. But like Lamar got injured last year, unfortunately he gets injured on a, on a run play. That's why I'm kind of hesitant about how I feel about quarterbacks. Who are, once it's great, you run the risk of losing your quarterback in the long term, and that's sense what's happened. I think it's it, it makes things even more difficult. Like we spoke last week about this 49ers team. The difficulty, and I said it last week, is... Most times when teams take a quarterback in the draft at its top end, it's because 
they're rebuilding. They're not rebuilding. They're a team that feels they can go to the Super Bowl. You see the reaction of some of the players after the game. But Jimmy G, by all accounts, the locker room was really energised after the game. A lot more so than what they saw in training camp. And for a guy that had little reps, you touched on it, Miley, you know, during the training camp, he was doing very little. He would have had very little reps this week for him to be able to go in there. And by all accounts, Shanahan had to basically tell someone to get me the Seattle uh, playbook from last year's game because essentially he couldn't use it, the, play, the playbook which was in front of him because it was all geared towards Trey Lance. You, Seattle's offence, you're, you're correct, was, was dreadful. They only had 14 first downs in the entirety of the game. But I don't think it's all doom and gloom for Seattle the way the way uh, Collins is alluding to because they'll win next week against Atlanta and they'll be 2-1. And The reality is um, they're, they're a team not going in the right direction in terms of winning a division or being competitive in the division, but... Picard will still find a way to get wins, but when you come up against a defense as dominant as Sam Brown, we spoke about in our NFC West preview, that this arguably is one of the best defenses in the league, and they only built on that in the draft, is they're going to come up against defenses that can shut them down very quickly. Really looking forward to that preview on, on Sunday, uh, or sorry, on Friday. Can we, like, I know we're going to go through every game this week in detail, so I, I look forward to hearing that. Does anyone know where that game is? Is, is it in Atlanta it's or in Atlanta. Seattle? Nice. I, I look forward to that. Um, I I picked the Seahawks this week because I thought that Trey Lance would struggle against the, against the Seahawks. And Jesus, I mean, he did struggle. He broke his ankle. He's out for these. He's out for the season. I mean, I, I actually was gutted for him last night. Whenever I heard about it, it was it's it's awful. It's it's something that you don't want anyone to go through, especially for him, because he's now going into twenty twenty three and he's only played a handful of games. And you have to ask where does that put him in the in the long run mark i've taken over your segment here so i'll very quickly shut up and put it to you but um my, my bad i, I feel okay. really bad i don't really it's too no, late at night no, to care okay. but i will I mean, say this very quickly mark uh the defense for the niners look fantastic albeit against a lackluster seattle side and it does make you wonder uh why pump them up for for one game and then and then go in like that it's it's strange but uh disappointing for trey lance but the the the, the jimmy train moves on and i'd say kyle shanahan was uh when Cal Shanahan said on Monday, Mark, that he anybody is open to trades in, in, in this team. Anyone at all. <laughs> and look at him now. I, well, I have well, to I laugh. I'm sorry. I have to laugh at that. I guarantee you won't be trading Jimmy G now. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but they, they need a backup quarterback pretty quickly. Um, it's actually notable for me, Michael. I just wanted to call out as well. We had some great videos from people in or photos from people attending games in the US over the weekend. We'd love receiving them in. Stephen, I think, took a shot of the New Orleans pregame and sent it to us. And Christina and Richie were over at the Patriots Steelers game and things like that. I actually had through work a number of friends who were Seattle fans in Santa Clara and they were messaging me saying, We're feeling really up for this game. Yeah, the messages kind of stopped very quickly uh, after the game started. It, it was a pretty clear um, situation that they were outmatched by the 49ers, especially on defense, as you rightly call out. But the quarterback situation is fascinating in San Fran when you consider the four out of the six seasons that Lynch and Shannon have been there, they've actually lost their starting quarterback to injury. Uh, there was Brian Hoyer one year, so you could argue that was always an improvement, but it's actually been Jimmy G in three other years. I mean, the one decent year they probably got a health, they went to the Super Bowl. So... They are used to dealing with this scenario, and it's remarkable now, obviously, that Jimmy's the pitch, uh, the the backup. He's the pinch hitter kind of coming in in this regard. And 
he is a known quantity though at least you know what you're going to get with him okay through what was it 150 odd yards reasonable completion percentage one touchdown didn't make any big mistakes that's what you want from him almost like don't make any big mistakes make the throw on third down if we need to stay consistent we're going to have to rely upon our defense and we're going to have to rely upon our run game but trey lance fascinatingly is still going to be an enigma next season and when you get in the season potentially after that um, Colin alluded to it, North Dakota State, he only had one year of college football. He would only have had four games as a starter in the NFL. And then it's all about, well, did he recover from the injury? Has he enough time to develop? How long does he need to develop? Um, and that's going to be a fascinating scenario for them to consider. The only other quarterback I can think of that's kind of going in or going into a starter job with such little understanding of how he's going to perform was Jimmy G himself. He only had two and a half games as a starter before he came over to San Francisco. And there was almost this two or three years of wondering, oh, well, is he going to develop? Is he going to come along? But Trey Lance, if I can quote Winston Churchill on Russia, will continue to be an enigma wrapped in a mystery surrounded, a riddle wrapped in a mystery surrounded by an enigma. An enigma. Um, I am devastated for Trey Lance because we all know why. He may never play a down in this league ever again. He might not. I hope he does. That's a discussion point for a, maybe an off-season show. Um, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll have plenty of months to talk about that because there actually is football at the minute. Uh, the one thing I will say, and we'll, we'll stop the segment, is uh, the Seattle Seahawks offense went as slow as the BART from Santa Clara to Union Square. There we go. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the segment, folks. You can catch out our final segment on our podcast. Please do uh, like on Spotify or give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It literally makes my week. That's how sad my life is at the minute but in all seriousness we, we all really appreciate it 